Good morning, brothers and sisters. We are now in the midst of another MECQ, but nothing will stop us from worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth. We are continuing our series on the book of Luke, and which already it already ended. However, we still continue with the book of Acts because the book of Luke and Acts are authored by the same person. And that person is Dr. Luke. Okay? So right now, we are looking at Acts chapter 1, verse 12 to 26. And we will be uh, reading it. And follow me as I read it. If you have your Bibles with you, I'll be reading from the NIV or New International Version. By the way, our scripture or our uh, message title this morning is Replacing Judas. And that is found in Acts chapter 1 verse 12 to 26. So follow me as I read. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, also James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, Brothers and sisters, the scripture had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke. Long ago, through David, concerning Judas, who served as guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in our ministry. With the payment he received for his wickedness, Judas bought a field. There he fell headlong, his body burst open, and all his intestines spilled out. Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this, so they called that field in their language, Akeldama, that is, field of blood. For, said Peter, it is written in the book of Psalms, May his place be deserted, let there be no one to dwell in it, and may another take his place of leadership. Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time. The Lord Jesus was living among us, beginning from, the, from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. So they nominated two men, Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justus, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry which Jesus left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias. So he was added to the eleven apostles. Before we continue, let us pray. 
Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for your love, for your protection, and for how you take care of us. We are mindful of our brothers and sisters who actually tested positive of COVID. We pray, Lord, we lift them up to you. Extend your healing hand towards them. May their infection not progress to a more serious condition. And we thank you for those who are on their way to recovery. And we give you all the glory, Lord, for all this. And while we are listening to your word this morning, Lord, we pray that you will really speak to our hearts through your Holy Spirit so that we will understand your message for us this morning. I pray for everyone who is listening in through our social media broadcast. We pray, Lord, that you will just reach out to them and communicate with them, Lord. Use everyone involved in this broadcast, and we just give you all the glory for all of this. And we just leave this day up to you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So, where are we now? Obed, last week, gave a very good introduction to the book of Acts. And I, I really love the way he uh, emphasized that it was written by Luke to Theophilus, who was a, a very mysterious person. During our discussions, Theophilus was probably a benefactor, a supporter, or maybe even a lawyer of Paul. Because this was essentially a brief or a backgrounder on who Jesus is and what his ministry is all about. So the narration of Luke spills over to the book of Acts, and here we will see what Christianity is all about, because this is Christianity in action. If Luke was all about Jesus, Acts now is everything that Jesus lived and died for in action, in the lives of his disciples and believers. So now, let, in order for us to appreciate uh, this journey through the book of Acts, let us look one by one and see where we are headed. So number one, Jesus had just ascended to heaven. So the book of Luke ended with Jesus ascending to heaven. And Prior to that, what did he do? He actually, wait, okay. He entrusted the disciples with the Great Commission that is also recorded in Matthew uh, 28, 18 to 20, where Jesus said, Go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, teaching them everything I have taught you, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and I will be with you. To the end of age. So in, in, if you notice, even in the Great Commission, the promise of the Holy Spirit was already given. And in Acts 1.8, Jesus also promised the Holy Spirit. And as, so aside from the Great Commission, there was that lingering and consistent promise of the source of power for all Christians. In Acts 1.8, he said, You shall receive power and you shall be my witnesses okay, to the outermost part of the earth. And also, the disciples were set for world evangelization. So this is the setting. No? Many dramatic things happened 
Jesus rose from the dead. He ascended to heaven. He promised the Holy Spirit. And the setting is now very clear. Eto na tayo. Peter, with the rest of the disciples, with the mother of Jesus, and some other personalities are now together. There are around 120 of them. And what do we do? <laughs> Ito yung nangyari ngayon. Peter was probably thinking, what do we do now? How do we proceed? Put yourself in the shoes of Peter. What would you have done? And up until this point, there is no mention that Peter was a designated leader. Wala pa po. But Peter, being himself, took the lead. Because itong si Peter, the way we know him, he is an excitable fellow. Very impulsive, assertive. All the traits of a natural leader. Remember when Jesus said, One of you will uh, deny me before the crow before the cock crows three times. Oh, hindi ako yun. That will never happen to me. And when Jesus, uh, when Peter, when Jesus was about to be arrested, Peter cut off the ear of one of the soldiers. Ganon siya ka-adelantado, ganon siya ka-bilis. Peter is the kind of person who would do things impulsively. So that's why it's no surprise that he took the leadership at this point. Remember again, there's at least 120 of them at this point. Now, Peter is a man of experience. He clearly thought, probably, ito hindi nilagay pero we can read between the lines, we can see that Peter was enamored with the number 12. He probably thought that it was something of a magic number that had to be retained. So he surmised, naglogic-logic siya, since they lost Judas, hindi na kompleto ang 12. Kaya, let's replace Judas. And what did they do? They cast lots, and eventually, they chose Matthias. Now, Next slide, please. We are not told the mechanics of casting of lots. Meron kasi yung Old Testament anecdotes or narratives of how casting of lots was used to try to find out the will of God. And mind you, it was done by everybody, both believers and non-believers. Remember Jonah? When Jonah was in the ship escaping from the will of God, the people, the sailors were saying, Sino bang mabigat sa Diyos dito? So they cast lots and they turned out, Oh, ikaw, what did you do? Who is your God? Tell us who you are. And Jonah confessed, Yes, I'm running away from my God. So it was one instance where we see that the casting of lots worked to determine who the guilty one was. But let us be careful at this point and not make casting of lots a doctrine in our Christian practice. Nowhere is it said in the book of Acts that the casting of lots was the proper action to do. Now, brothers and sisters, let me caution you at this point. Not everything 
recorded in the Bible should mean that we should follow it. Many of the things recorded in the Bible are recorded there for lessons to be learned, not necessarily to be followed. For example, the betrayal of Jesus, should we do that? Of course not. For example, the fall of Judas, his subsequent suicide, they are all recorded in the Bible. Does that mean we should follow it? No. But it is recorded for us to learn lessons from and for us to understand what happened there. Another instance of a recording in the Bible that we should not follow is the adultery and the murder committed by King David, no less. So let it be clear, this part of Scripture right now is not doctrinal, but rather a narrative. It is a narrative, a record of something historical that happened. So I will not now try to explain to you the method of their casting of lots. Marami kasing ways of doing it. Merong dice, merong itong mga, what you see in the picture now, some coded stones that when it falls on your favor, e ikaw na yon. Or think of it as this new tradition now in weddings where brides are supposed to pick up roses and the one with the short stalk is the it. Siya yung next bride daw, yung mga, yung pinipick up ng mga bridesmaids rather. So, wala siyang pinagkaiba sa papel-papel, you know, yung laro ng mga bata. It can come in many forms. So I will not discuss to you how it should be done. Baka you will misinterpret me of promoting this practice. Rather, instead of asking questions how the casting of lots was made, there are more important questions that we should answer today. Number one, did Judas need to be replaced? O nga no? Did you bother to ask that question? Oh, by the way, yung kanina when I said that uh, the number 12 was a magic number to, to Peter that he had to retain it, there are other uh, verses in Scripture that also indicate that in the end times, the, 12, the names of the 12 apostles are mentioned. So, but then again, I'm, not, I'm just presenting to you facts I'm not saying this na talagang wala. Number 12 is a significant number. But then again, to get doctrine out of that, to me, is stretching it. Okay? Why am I mentioning this? Because there's a group that is promoting a certain way of doing things and doing things by 12. Dapat 12 members in a Bible study. Dapat itong pangalan ang gawin natin na merong number 12, etc., etc., that is bordering on the superstitious already. And there are other numbers mentioned in the Bible, like two or three gathered in my name. Forty days, forty nights. God resting on the seventh day. There are many numbers there, but they do not mean that they, you have to follow it and these become lucky numbers for you. So far be it from us for sticking to the magic of numbers, we should instead stick to what Scripture teaches us. So now, let me continue. The first question is, 
did Judas need to be replaced? I will not answer that yet. I'll go to the next question. Does casting of lots reveal God's will? Again, I will not answer it yet. Next question. Did God honor the replacement of Judas? And lastly, must an apostle be formally be appointed? Now, let us answer these questions now, one by one. Back muna. Did Jesus, Judas need to be replaced? If you read the scripture that we just read earlier, there is no showing there that God specifically directed Peter and the other 120 people to seek a replacement for Judas. So my answer is, is both yes and no. Judas, yes, needed to be replaced in doing the ministry. Remember, he was part of the first 12 to be trained by Jesus to do the ministry of God. So if you lose a person in the ministry of God, must that person be replaced? Yes. We must all do our share in the ministry. But, no, I said yes and no. Did he need to be replaced? My answer also is no, because as far as taking his place in the magic circle of 12, I believe no, there was no need for that. As for his functions, yes. What he was trained to do, definitely somebody needs to step in and do what he did not do. Do the things that he was supposed to do, but to give the special cornerstone or to be, give the special position to be part of the 12, I don't think so. Number two, does casting lots reveal God's will? Hmm. This time I will not give a yes and no answer. I will say no. Why? Because if you make a doctrine out of casting of lots, you are unwittingly fooling yourself into thinking that God reveals himself in that manner. The best way that God reveals himself is through scripture. God's will is revealed in Scripture. Though not everything about God's will is revealed, the important and most significant parts of God's will are revealed in Scripture. Now, let me rattle off some of this. Number one, that man must be saved. Man must be redeemed from sin. That is the part, the, the plan of God. And Jesus himself said, that is what I came for. He even said, let, if it be possible, let this cup of suffering pass from me, but your will be done. So very clear yon. The will of God is to redeem man from sin. When I say man, mankind, kasama women and children, of course. So, does casting of lots reveal God's will? No. Did God honor the replacement? Matthias. Now, I can imagine Peter being uh, motivated by good things. Number one, remember when Jesus was still alive and after training them, he sent them on teams of two. 
two by two, you shall go to the villages, you shall go to the uh, different locations of Israel, and you shall perform miracles, cast out demons, and preach in my name. Two by two. So probably, Peter was thinking that way. Because 12 sila, minus 1, 11, kung 2 by 2, merong isang maiwan na walang partner. But question, was that part of God's plan? I would say, the rest of the narrative of the book of Acts clearly says, no, that was not necessary. Why? Because instead of Matthias holding a special place in the ministry, being part of the Magic 12, who do you think God picked up, picked out from among the many? Yung kalaban pa. Si Saul, who eventually became Paul, the apostle. Paul was not in the list of anybody. In fact, he was a persecutor of the church, a persecutor of the believers. He killed many, sent many people to their deaths because he branded them as heretics to the Hebrew or to the Jewish faith. But eventually, on the road where he met God, he got converted by Jesus himself. He was a personal pick or a personal choice of God. So, did God honor the replacement of Judas, meaning Matthias? I dare say the scripture speaks for itself, not necessarily. Did God castigate them for that? Hindi rin, kasi hindi naman siya kasalanan. What we're merely saying is, sometimes what is important to man is not necessarily important to God. We put so many things on certain things that actually do not matter to God. This case in point. Now, next question. Must an apostle be formally appointed? Now, what is an apostle? In our discussion in the Kingsmen, one of uh, the people there, Brother Big Pabellion, welcome back, Brother Big, to our uh, fellowship. He mentioned that an apostle means a sent one. I would paraphrase it and say a commissioned one. Someone who was sent with an order, with a commission, a mission to do something. Now what is, who is the commissioned one now? Answer, all of us. When Jesus ascended to heaven, he commissioned everybody. Take note of Matthew 8, uh, 28, 18 to 20. Did Jesus say, now you 11, remaining 11, I now commission you to go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations? Did he say that? No. He said, go ye therefore, meaning all of you, all of us, all of us who believe in Jesus are now commissioned to be apostles or to be sent ones. Now, how important is that to bring the name Apostle? I won't mind if I'm not called an Apostle for as long as I do the functions of an Apostle. Meaning, to bring God's truth, God's salvation to this dying world. If you are doing that, you are therefore an Apostle and you don't need to be formally appointed. 
the commission of Jesus to you to go therefore and make disciples of all nations makes you an apostle. Now, let us not, next slide please, let us not belabor Peter and say, kawawa naman si Peter, he got everything wrong. He got something right. One thing that I agree with him was that the apostle that they had in mind, somebody they will send forth to reach the world, must be a witness of Christ. He said that this apostle must be one who has known the Lord Jesus, one who has experienced the resurrected Christ. In other words, he should be a witness. Now, a very interesting point. One time I heard a preacher said or say, ask the question, Bucket of all words, Jesus chose witness. Acts 1.8, you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Samaria, and to the outermost parts of the world. Witness. What is the significance of the word witness? Now, this is the part where I'm glad I have this lawyer's perspective. Because a witness, brothers and sisters, is simply one who can perceive and is able to make known his perception. That is a witness according to the rules of court. Meaning, if you cannot make, if you did not see anything for a certain uh, incident, you are not qualified to be a witness because all you will give there is hearsay testimony. For example, a crime happened. You were not there and you volunteered to be a witness. So the first question will be asked of you, where were you on this day and time? Oh, I was in America. You mean you were not here in Sambuanga? Yes. So you did not know about this killing of this victim? No. Your Honor, please disqualify this person as a witness. He did not perceive anything in relation to the crime. Kuha nyo? A witness is one who perceived, one who can, meaning perceive, can accept through his senses, through his eyes, ears, smell, taste, and touch, everything that can be perceived. And aside from that, he must be able to make known his perception. He can communicate it. Question. Mag-low class muna tayo ngayon. Can a blind man be a witness. Nice, na? Some people will readily say, no, he cannot see. But, ang perception ba is limited only to sight? No, he can hear, he can touch, he can smell. So for as long as he can tell the court what he has heard, smelled, touched, or even tasted, he can still be a witness. So again, go back to this uh, definition. What is a witness? It is one who can perceive and can make known his perception. Next question. Oh, quiz na naman. Can a deaf mute be a witness? The answer is no. Back muna yung slide. Can a deaf mute be a witness? Yes and no. Why? Because if no one can understand what he is trying to sign there in court, he cannot be a witness. 
he may be able to see, although he did not hear because he's deaf, but if he cannot make known what he has seen, he cannot be a witness. So very clear tayo dyan sa witness. Ha? So now let's go back to the spiritual realm. Next slide. One cannot talk about Christ credibly if he has not experienced Christ. Ito na yung sinasabi natin, the big difference between just knowing about Christ. How do you know about Christ? You read about Him, you read the Scriptures, you listen to others talk about Christ. So you are on that first stage of knowing Christ. You know about Him. However, if you do not believe His promises, you do not make His truths true to your life, like forgiveness of sins, you don't accept it, you have not known Him. You have not known His forgiveness. Therefore, if you have not known His forgiveness, you would not have experienced His peace. So there is a very big difference between knowing about Christ and knowing Christ. Knowing Christ, experiencing Christ, is perceiving Him with all your senses, including the sense of faith. I will make faith now one of the senses because it is the part that you use to experience Christ. Without faith, the scripture says, it is impossible to please God. And I say, without faith, it is impossible to experience Christ. So, if you do not know Christ, you cannot be His witness. You can only tell about Christ, but you cannot share Christ. Okay? So, klaro tayo yan. Next slide. If we experience Christ's peace, especially in the most difficult situations of life, then and only then can we truly talk about Him. If you do not know where that peace comes from and you do not ascribe it to Christ who has forgiven your sins and who has put you in the hollow of your hands and therefore you should not worry, if you have not experienced that, there's nothing to tell others about Christ. We can be His witnesses. Next slide. We can be His witnesses. If we experienced Him, we are His apostles, the sent ones. And you can only be sent if you have experienced Him. Now, because of that, any believer is a replacement of Judas. Ito na yung sinasabi ko kanina. Was there a need to replace Judas? Yes, there was but not by one person. He will be replaced by all of us. There's no magic 12 anymore. All we need is now to be one, the magic one, the body of Christ, going out to the world and preaching His one through message of love and forgiveness. There is no greater truth that the world needs to hear now except that Jesus loves us and wants to forgive us. Now, going back to Peter, what should he have done? 
there was a discussion on whether or not the Pentecost already happened when this incident took place. Because Pentecost is recorded in chapter 2, meaning the time when the Holy Spirit came and there was a fire on top of every head and they started speaking in tongues, speaking in foreign languages, which the foreigners understood, talking about the greatness of Jesus and His love and all of that. Merong nagsabi, hindi chronological ito. Meron din nagsabi, baka chronological. But whatever the point is, we need to be guided by the Holy Spirit and not by casting of lots. This incident and the subsequent appointment of Paul clearly makes it clear that casting of lots is not the way to know the leading of the Holy Spirit or the will of God. There are ways of men which seem wise but fall short of God's vision. We think many programs that we think up of are brilliant. But you know, how many of them are aligned with saving more souls? If we lose sight of the most important fact, then all our programs are just programs. Keep busy activities. But if we do not think of the most important thing to Jesus, that is making disciples of all nations, then our programs are not bright at all. God allows us to exercise our wisdom, but we can never be too wise. No matter how wise we think we are, God's ways are always superior. We do not need to look at extra-biblical wisdom to know God's will. The Holy Spirit will never lead or guide us in a way that is contrary to what is clear in the Word. Example, there was this one guy who said, you know, I feel God telling me, I pity you because you married a very cruel wife. Tingin ko yung mas bagay sa'yo yung neighbor. Feel na feel ko talaga yan, sir. God is leading me. You think so? What does the Bible say? No divorce. You can only be separated, sabi ni Jesus, because of one ground. That is unfaithfulness and that will only, and that will not allow you to marry again. So, even no matter how you feel it, the Word of God clearly speaks against it. It is definitely not God's will. The Holy Spirit will never lead you into something that is contrary to what the Word says. Granted, there are many decisions we have to make that are not clearly immoral or moral. Simply just neutral. For example, sana ako magpapalengke or sana ako magro-grocery dito sa malaking mall or sa maliit na mall. Wala namang sinabi sa Bible na doon ka sa ganito. But yet again, if there's one leading, if there's a very clear leading that the scripture says it is, then you follow it. Now in ending, let me quote something that I really love when I saw this in my research. The only true confidence we have that we are being led by the Spirit is the principles we find in the written word. Feelings, emotions, and deep-seated affections will always lead us astray without the light of God's Word 
to light our path. The Word of God is the only confirmation that we have that we are led by the Holy Spirit. Forget casting of lots. Forget uh, overthinking ministry. Just follow the Word and we can be worthy replacements of Judas. And in ending, let's look at this last verse, Acts 1.8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my what? Witnesses. Tell the world what I did to you. Tell the world what you experienced about me. Do we need to replace Judas? Yes, in the things that he should have done. Do we, use cast, do we cast lots to know whether we should replace Judas or not? I think the answer is clear. No. The commission of God is enough. Let us now go forward and bring more souls to Christ because that is the clearest mission that God gave us. Shall we pray? Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for the, even the entertainment value that we see in it. But more importantly, we thank you for the lessons that we can derive from it. Lord, give us your wisdom through the Holy Spirit to sift through what is merely a historical record and to see what is really something that we should follow. Like Peter, we can easily be misled by our biases, by our feelings, and even our bright ideas. But Lord, more than anything, we pray for the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the only real wisdom that we need. No matter if it doesn't sound right at the time, if it is clearly in your word and clearly in line with your will, allow us to follow it. Give us the strength to follow it. So in ending, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word, your wisdom, and your love that never fails to guide us. So we thank you once again for this morning. We just lift everything up to you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Good morning, everybody.